Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. We are your hosts, Josefa Kapadia and Jasper Rivers. Get paid for your pad. 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 Hosts, does your guidebook live up to the quality of your listing? When you share your local recommendations, your guests will enjoy their stay with you and give you a higher rating. You can make beautiful guidebooks at Hostfully. Visit hostfully.com slash PAD. You'll get a special free guidebook consultation exclusive to Get Paid for Your Pad listeners. Welcome everybody to episode 106 of Get Paid for Your Pad. So I'm in Taipei right now in Taiwan in Asia and one of the hosts in my community in my airbnb academy facebook group is living here in taipei her name is angela and so figured while i'm here i might as well interview her live so we're sitting here together now in the in warm and humid taipei and uh so angela welcome to the show thank you and welcome to taipei again yeah thanks yeah me and angela actually met uh, in april when i was here so we we had a coffee and uh Talked about all sorts of things, uh, of course, Airbnb yeah. being one of them. And uh, Angela has done a great job here in uh, in Taiwan with her Airbnb. She's uh, recently became a super host. So, you know, we, of course, we want to know how you managed to accomplish mm-hmm. that. Sure. And uh, I think you've also had a few challenges with your Airbnbs as well. Yes. So it, it should be a, a really interesting talk. Um, so let's start uh, at, at the beginning. Well, first of all, you... You are originally from Taiwan, but you were born in New Zealand, correct? Uh, actually, I was born here in Taipei, and then I uh, went with my family when I was 12 to New Zealand. So I have a slight Kiwi accent, especially when I get a bit nervous, Also, I'm told. Um, but I spent some time in uh, the U.S., um, went to business school there, went to China. So I've you know, traveled a fair bit. Right, and when did you settle down here in Taipei? Uh, I came back uh, right after I finished university, my undergrad, uh, that was over 10, well, 15 years ago. I first came back for a couple of years um, to just get acclimated to Asia, taught English for a little bit, for six months. Um, And then I went back and got some serious jobs. (laughs) jobs. <laughs> Not that teaching English isn't serious. It was draining, but I uh, pretty much went on to have a corporate career, um, did a stint in consulting and all that. But I really only came back to Taipei about three years ago. Mm. Okay. I've noticed uh, out of all the Asian countries where I've been to, the, mm. the level of English here in uh, Taipei seems to be pretty decent. Yeah. I, I think um, most people here have a pretty solid foundation as far as reading um, and uh, writing, but they're very typically quite fearful of speaking. And so, yeah, if they can be encouraged to talk more, I think, yeah, they, they do speak quite good English. Right. Mm. 
Yeah. People yeah. are a little bit afraid to make mistakes and Yeah, I think that's generally the case. And um yeah, there's tons of English schools, you know, language schools. People mm -hmm. go to cram school after after their typical school hours here. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. All right, so let's let's talk about Airbnb. So you started sure. last year in September. Yeah, pretty much my first listing was around yeah late August, I think, uh, and early September. Really didn't gain too much traction until um, earlier earlier this year. Hmm. Uh, I first started. Uh, how this all originated was my mother lives in Hunchun. Taiwan, which is pretty much the most southern tip of Taiwan. Uh, it's uh, very close to the beach. Uh, year round, the weather is very, very nice, above 20 degrees Celsius, um, much hotter in the summer. So it's a very popular vacation place for locals and also mostly Asians visiting Taiwan. Yeah. Right. And this is on the southern tip of Taiwan. Yes. And just for those who don't know this country, it's, yeah. it's a fairly small country, it right? Is. It so is. Yeah, I think there's a high-speed train going yes. from Taipei in the north all the way to the south. Yeah, it, it goes as far as near Kaohsiung, uh, which is you know the second largest city in, in Taipei, uh, Taiwan, sorry. And uh, I think the whole length is you know it's only 450 or so kilometers. Right. So yeah, but this high-speed train travels at 300 kilometers an hour top speed so right yeah it's so you, it's basically an hour and a half or two yeah, hours an hour and a half and then but then once you get to uh the end of the line on the high speed rail you have to travel another hour and a half to two hours on by car to yeah. get to the vacation place right yeah. okay Got it. Mm. so that's where um my mother lives and she has uh an old you know house built in the 70s uh mm. that's very typical in Taiwan where you have a very uh, narrow front and it goes very deep into uh, the land. And so uh, it's about 100, like her house is about 112 square meters uh, and it's two stories. It's very typical. So, so the layout is very awkward um, and she was the only one living in it, but she can't get up to the second floor because her legs are not working as well as they, they did before. So. I just felt like it was a waste, you know, to have uh, such a nice you know, location, property, um, but not to do anything with it other than have her um, situated on the first floor. All right. Mm. And so what make you decide to use Airbnb versus mm. all the other alternatives that are out there? Yeah. I think what happened was just, you know, sometimes information just comes to you. Um, in unexpected ways. So I think I first saw someone's blog post about how he made some money doing this on Airbnb in San Francisco. And then yeah. uh, I thought, okay, that's that's a smart idea. Um, maybe I can try that. And then just from digging around on the internet, I think I came across your uh, book. And then that's how I sort of started looking into it. And um, yeah, ultimately, tried it and had some success with it right and how did your mom feel about this <laughs> yeah that was okay this is the beginning of the challenge i think um i basically gutted her place uh and renovated everything from 
the very beginning. So change the 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 position of the front door and the layout of the second floor made it more open plan. So everything was a major upheaval. There was a house designer involved and then construction crew. Um, so there was a lot of coordination. And I think as most projects like this go, um, you often have budget overruns and then unexpected problems come up. We had, you know, bad construction workers. We had, you know, neighbors that were unhappy and just a whole host of problems. So she had to, um, I guess, adjust and survive all those changes. But I think the end result, you know, I think she couldn't have imagined it, had, you know, starting out that it would turn out this way. I think it was a journey that maybe both of us would probably say, ah, let's not bother if we had known uh, what we know now. Yeah. Right. All the, the challenges with the renovation. Yeah, it was the challenges. And then we, um, we also, I tried to push the boundaries a bit more. I think um, I, at the same time, looked at, you know, solar panel insulation which is quite popular now in um, the States mm -hmm. with the likes of Solar City. So I saw that the government was implementing that here. Um, so I thought, okay, that, that's a good way to generate power and additional income property. Yeah. Uh, the south of Taiwan gets a lot of exposure to sun. So it's, it's actually one of the best places for solar power generator right so just a lot of you know I, I think there were a lot of moving parts and i tried to you know um get the property in the most um well in the best shape that i could and maybe you know in hindsight i think i you know i overextended and it would have been possibly better to you know get it up and running first more right. quickly because yeah. renovation took oh good part of almost a, a year from design to actual yeah. um you know the property being ready mm. and then um and then so you you got your first guests and how did yes. you set up the management? Because you weren't living there yeah. at the time right so did your mom manage it or? uh no uh, i actually made it uh you know, I just really wanted to hit the ball out of the park uh, from the beginning. So I made sure that I was there for every guest that came. Um, also, as you know, the first re few reviews were critical. Yeah. So I felt like I needed to babysit and also understand the process of um, greeting guests and um, getting a setup or problems, you know, uh, troubleshooting uh, and, you know, all the review getting stuff associated mm -hmm. with being on Airbnb. So I, for the first three months, I would say, you know, we didn't have that many guests, but they tended to come on weekends and only for, you know, and I had set it to minimum of two nights so that I didn't have to just go down for one night stays and so right. on. So, so yeah. every time you would have guests, you would go to, I would travel down by high-speed rail okay, and then right. take the one and a half, two hour bus 
<laughs> and then、wow. do that back and forth, and so that took a lot of my time. It's a good effort there.、It's、yeah, dedication. I, yeah, I just felt like you know,、um, a I needed to learn the ropes, and then b I I really needed to make sure that this、um, is a successful venture,、um, and it sets my mother up well for you know、uh, a smooth operation going forward.、Right. And then eventually, after things went、yeah. started going smooth, then your、mm. mom took over. Actually, I, I realized my mom、um, doesn't really enjoy or isn't <laughs> so well suited to、uh, greeting guests and dealing with the minutia of, you know, guests saying, "Oh, I need more clean towels," or you know, the toilet is a little bit blocked, or these sort of issues. So、um, I started having to think about how to outsource. Right. A lot of the the things, but most importantly, the cleaning. I think、um, you know, for us, we we've always gotten great feedback from the guests. You know, they look at the house and immediately the first thing they say is, "Oh, it's gorgeous." And then second thing they might say is, "It's so clean."、Uh, so we wanted to maintain that standard, but、mm-hmm. that standard, I think, is quite difficult to achieve with. External help, unless you give them really, really good training, and or they're really OCD and they they just you know are very good cleaners. Yeah. So we're we've been in the process of outsourcing、uh, cleaning, and I've also outsourced、uh, sort of outsource. I've given the meet and greet part of the job to my uncle, who also lives there、uh, nearby with my grandmother. So. He is. He used to be a car salesman, and so he's very good at, you know, dealing with uncertain situations and new、right. people.、Mm-hmm. So he was quite comfortable doing that, and he's doing a really good job at the moment. Right, and you know, this is something that、uh, comes up for a lot of people. I think, you know, how do you manage your listing if、mm. you're if you're not around? Yeah.、Um, and I think one question that people have is. If you recruit a family member、mm. to help out, like, do you share the profits with that person, or do you see that as a? Yeah, it's it's a difficult one.、Um, I my my plan is two phases. The first phase it was initially getting him used to the idea of helping me host、mm-hmm. and manage、um, the property this way. So I I gave both of us a, a trial, right? So we. No commitments. Just hey, you know, Uncle, can you help me out? Let's do this and see if it works out. If you enjoy it, if you are able to help me. So he's been doing that for maybe two, three, three months now, and、uh, everything is going well. I think he also enjoys helping and just having a little bit of、uh, a bit more things to do and more interactions with people that he wouldn't otherwise have. Uh, and I I compensate him on a per case basis. Right.、Um, so yeah, just you know every stay he'd be there greeting and then、um, being the contact person if anything comes up and then he always tries to go and、uh, send them off as well at the end of the stay.、Mm-hmm. Right.、Uh, I think that's the first phase and then the second phase I think once I can get the operation stabilized and there is good income I would like to put him. A salary, so if I can, just give him a fixed、um, amount per month, but with maybe some additional bonuses for when we have extra guests,、yeah. or there's some 
something that he has to go over and beyond right. normal responsibility. Right, and you would have him organize the cleanings as well, or do you manage that yourself? Currently, I have I found and um, onboarded a small, very small cleaning company. Uh, a, a lady who used to have uh, very solid experience working for chain hotels, mm -hmm. and she came out and started working on her own with um, ad hoc help uh, from from of holiday working holiday people and or people who are here for a short stint of time so she's doing a really good job um, but uh, i would see the need to potentially add one or two more companies to help out when she's not able to right mm. so that that's a process that i'm going through at the moment and eventually i would like to offload that contact and coordination that I'm currently doing uh, onto either my uncle or uh, a housekeeper, uh, someone who's interfacing yeah. with everyone on. A few episodes ago, I spoke with Bruce Bennett, an Airbnb super host in San Francisco. His listing is in great shape, but he struggled to share all his favorite local San Francisco restaurants with his guests, guests who wanted to live like a local in San Francisco. He told me about Hostfully, a company that is helping Airbnb hosts make beautiful guidebooks. Since then, I've started using Hostfully to make guidebooks for my listing. Check them out at hostfully.com pad. And what have the experiences been with the guests? Guests have generally been quite good. I've had good and bad. Uh, I'll start with the good, I think, because I'm an optimist. <laughs> <laughs> and most of them have uh, been very, very good. Uh, I get a lot of mainland tourists and Hong Kong tourists as well. There's being a and when couple you say of, mainland, yeah, you China. Sorry. Yeah, for some of the listeners, might yeah, understand yeah. the situation with <laughs> yes. China mainland that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So they um, mainland Chinese tourists like to come to Taiwan um, for holiday, for eating the you know, foods here, and also. Um, a number of them do manage to come down to Kanding, Hunchun area for the beaches. Right. Uh, so we get a lot of those. And I think we offer a different vacation experience. Uh, most of the accommodations tend to be, you know, you get rooms, not the whole house. And so we're offering the, the whole value proposition is you come here with your family and friends we hand you the keys and unless you need anything from us specifically, we're just going to leave you alone. So there's no breakfast, no room service, nothing. Right. So, yeah. And they, I think they like that because it, it offers, affords them a certain level of freedom that they wouldn't otherwise have because for a long time, um, Chinese tourists coming to Taiwan actually had to be part of a tour group. They couldn't just go off on their own. But that, that's been changing over the few, past few years and more and more people are just sort of free. You know, they're free to roam around and have their own itinerary. So we, we offer our, our room, our house to these kind of guests. Right. Mm. So, um, yeah, so they, they um, generally enjoy that a lot and we're right outside uh about two minutes walk from the biggest supermarket there and so they really enjoy coming and 
having a barbecue on the roof or whatever. So that they they often say, you know, it's just great to have all that room to chill and relax and the convenience of being so close to everything they need. Um, so that's that's the good side. I think they generally enjoy that. I've also had just a couple of guests where they were messy, and I think one I could foresee. Um, there's an annual spring screen, which is kind of like the Woodstock, uh, where people come for music and there's a fair amount of alcohol consumption, partying. <laughs> so these Hong Kong guests in their 20s, you know, asked to book two nights and they came and uh, they were so noisy that the neighbors complained the very next day and said they were going to call the cops on them if they stayed another night. Um, they said that the neighbors said it to the guests um, and me. So the guests kind of had a fright or a warning of sorts. And so they quietened down the second night and everything was all right. But they broke a few things. Um, I didn't uh, raise it to Airbnb because the damage was minimal. It would have been only about 30 US dollars. So I just thought, you know, it's as long as there is no um, big damage, structural damage to property, I think I can, I can pretty much stomach right. those things. Did you, did you charge your guests for, for the damages? No, I didn't. I'm, you know, I just wanted to get rid of them and yeah, just say, you know, don't, don't come back again. Right. Um, and I didn't, in the end, I didn't leave them a review. Um, and they didn't leave me one. Um, I think that's always one of those little bit difficult part of the review process. I think people were w willing to give a lot of positive feedback of the guests are very pleasant and very tidy, but yeah. I think sometimes when unless they're terrible like absolutely terrible 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 then i i think people have this bias against leaving bad reviews right. yeah i think it comes from the idea that people think that there's a retaliation mm. factor involved which is no longer yeah. the case actually because i, I right. think Airbnb recognized this at some point because back in the day you could wait for the other person to leave the review first yes and then you know <laughs> you read that review yes. and then write your own based on what the other person wrote uh and yeah so, you know that's why people used to be afraid of that but then airbnb recognized that and they changed it so now when you leave yes. a review the other person can't actually see it so yes you can actually leave an honest review without worrying about any sorts of retaliation mm. i think yeah so they have a 14-day period uh where you can leave a review and then once both sides leave their review it gets post uh, both get posted yeah exactly yeah it um, doesn't get posted until both yeah. parties have either left the review or the right. review window yeah. is, is passed and they also give the hosts an opportunity to re respond to all of the reviews so yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's quite good in that regard yeah so reviews of yeah um reviews of generally being positive i'm currently on 92 percent five-star feedback so yeah but That's great yeah definitely i think part of the uh reason for getting those reviews has been just you know offering a, a good value um 
stay so and, and making sure that their needs are attended to uh, and then also I think proactively sort of asking for feedback and giving them feedback right and so you started a second listing in Taipei mm. and as I understand you one of the reasons you did that was because you wanted to get more stays mm. so that you could yeah. actually get that super host status right yeah I uh, narrowly missed out in April of this year uh, I had eight stays by then uh, clocked in and you need 10. So I thought, okay, how am I going to juice this? And I thought, okay, I have a spare bedroom here in Taipei. Um, let me just do it up and get it ready um, uh, and run it for a few months and see how it goes. And what ended up happening was Taipei gets a ton more traffic on Airbnb. Um, immediately, you know, people started booking. Of course, you know, also started with a lower room rate something like 35 US dollars a, a night. Yeah. And then I, in, at one stage, I think towards the end, uh, a few months, uh, a month ago, I was 60, 70, 80 bucks a night. So um, there was just a lot of interest from tourists and it, it was still the mainland Chinese tourists as well as a few Koreans, a few um, Malaysians and so on. But yeah, yeah it's just, it's a different, okay, granted, it's also different listing because it's a private room versus an entire home. But Taipei is definitely where more tourists come if right. they visit yeah. Taiwan. So it, it was quite different. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm staying in an Airbnb myself uh, right now. I have a bunch of friends in town. I think one person is staying at the W Hotel. And that person has a little bit more expense. <laughs> But uh, every yes. all of my other friends, I think there's eight of us right now here. Wow. I mean, all of us staying in Airbnbs. Yeah. Because where else would you find accommodation? Yeah. Especially in a country where, you know, the local language is yes. you know, somewhat hard to understand mm -hmm. for those who don't speak yeah. uh, Chinese. Yes. So it's like, uh, you know, yeah, you can go to some of the other sites like HomeAway and sure. you know, VRBO. But uh, otherwise, like to find something on a local website would mm. be challenging i think I've, I've actually looked definitely into it. i've googled a bit and you know i, yeah. I couldn't really find much so uh, i think airbnb is probably the, the number one mm. place to go for people who don't want to stay in hotels yeah and you have your listing in english and in mandarin as well the the self one uh, i've translated um english into chinese and there's two character, two sorts of characters, traditional Chinese and simplified characters for mainland Chinese. So I've tried to do that. But even then, I think a lot of times people don't look at the um, descriptions very well and they mm. just sort of rely on the pictures yeah. uh, the That's most. That's true, yeah. I've realized that too. I started adding a lot of information yes. in the pictures, like with yeah. the captions. And sure. You can get pretty creative with the pictures, right? You can, yeah. Put a picture of your guidebook. You can put a picture of former guests. Mm -hmm. You can put a picture with an arrow of where your house exactly is located. Yes. And yes. Pictures of all, all sorts of things to provide more information because you know that the people are going to look at those pictures. Yes. Right? So you can even put up pictures of like past reviews and yes. just anything that will sort of solidify the interest of, of 
the guests in your property, yes. it would be wise to put in the pictures. I've chatted with a few uh, guests that came to Taipei, actually, because they tended to be more diverse. Uh, I've had people from Amsterdam, uh, this couple, lovely couple, and then um, you know some mainland tourists. And I would ask them, uh, how did you decide on uh, coming to my, my room? And they said, you know, first of all, it's the pictures, and then I shortlist uh, maybe a handful, and then yeah. I read the descriptions and get a feel. And from reading my descriptions, um, for example, the lady from Amsterdam said, you know, I just fe felt like, you know, you would be someone who could help us. Um, since this is our first time in Taiwan, you could help us, guide us to where we need to go. And right. so it feels more comfortable that way right and so yeah that you know just from the tone of the description they could sense the personality right. of the host right so some do read um mm -hmm. the descriptions in detail uh i wouldn't say but i would say most people don't right and so to to finish uh, this uh, this interview uh let's talk about the legal situation in taiwan mm. this is something that's very you know, current in other places yes. around the world. Yes. Is there any sorts of regulation here, or is it is it just a gray zone, or is it? Totally I believe allowed? I believe there is a regulation against um, short term rentals like this in in Taiwan, and even I think um, you know for okay, th there is regulation around what qualifies as. B&B, like residential B&B, so it's not a business um, per se. It's not a registered business. So anything, there is accommodation uh, in the in the laws here for that sort of operation, uh, but it has to be like five rooms or below, and um, it has to be in a zone where you can do this, um, meaning residential zone, um, and just a whole lot of rules around that and so i would say it's not very um rigorously policed right now right um and if you do get found out then they slap a fine um but yeah generally uh, yeah it's not very well um, it sounds like there's regulation that technically would make it illegal to do it mm -hmm. but they're not really enforcing it. not enforced yes right and that's that's the case in a lot of places yeah i imagine that'll change i mean i think the the laws mean well because they they try to enforce to put in there that you need fire safety approval just to make sure you know that the property is up to standard and that mm -hmm. there are proper exits in the event of emergencies um but, you know, so many places just don't really follow that and it's just so loosely interpreted. I, I think the intention's good, but the execution is less than optimal. Right. Mm. All right. Well, thanks uh, a lot for taking the time to do this interview. Interesting okay. to hear what's, uh, what's going on here in Taiwan with Airbnb and how to set up all your listings. Yeah, it's a it's a you know great place, uh, Taiwan. People, I think you, you know yourself, um, Jasper. You've seen, you've met the people here. 
everyone's generally very, very friendly um, and helpful. Uh, sort of often talked about within Taiwan as the the Taiwanese way, the hospitality. Mm -hmm. um, just you know, generally a very civilized, polite place. So um, also happens to have a lot of interesting food. So right. uh, if everyone wants to um, stop by on their way to somewhere in Asia or just make it a, a trip out here, uh, there's lots to see and lots to do. Absolutely. I can, I can second that. I would say Taipei is probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite Asian city right now. Yeah. Just uh, you know, like you said, everyone's super friendly. The food is amazing. It's it's very affordable, but at the same time, it's quite a developed country. So yes. the food infrastructure. Yes. It's not a chaotic as places like Bangkok, Bangkok. Jakarta, and yeah. Manila, yeah. where you know the traffic is just insane and you can't go anywhere. It's yes. you know it's pretty organized and uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've heard a lot about uh, the the other parts of Taiwan outside mm. of Taipei. There's lots yeah. of hiking, Hualien, there's lots of beaches, yes. there's hot springs. Yes. And so, uh, yeah, I'm excited to uh, to explore the country. I'm actually the last week of my trip. I'm actually gonna probably gonna rent a car and just drive around the island. So, yeah, I'm definitely want to talk to you about uh, you know, some some recommendations of, uh, of yeah. where to go. Uh, Come and stay at my place uh, in Hunchun <laughs> and bring your friends. You know, it's uh, it's comfortable for eight to ten people. In oh, the whole really? House. Oh, yeah. that's great. Four bedrooms. So, awesome. yeah. Sweet. Right. Well, let's talk about that uh, after we finish this. Uh, so, <laughs> sure. everybody, thanks for, for listening. And uh, next week, we'll be back with another episode. So, I'll see you then.